Shnai Mikra Parshas Mishpatim is basically learning like all of the Babas, you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. All right, it's packed. It's packed. 118 Psukim in Parshas Mishpatim. 118 Psukim. All right, so let's start. Let's start with the left-hand column, Ve'elah Mishpatim. Okay, the Parsha begins, Ve'elah Mishpatim Asher Tasim Lifnehem. These are the laws that you shall present before them. What does Ve'elah mean? Rashi says at the beginning of the Parsha that whenever you have the word Ela, it comes to it comes to discredit. It comes to reject that which came before. Ve'elah, as the Vav implies comes to build off of what was mentioned earlier. Okay, so we have to think about, obviously, again, we, we're at Har Sinai, we got the Torah, Ve'elah HaMishpatim, these are the laws that you should present to B'nai Yisrael. Right? Rashi says, very famously, Asher Tasim Lifneyam, you should present it before them in a very clear way. Rashi says it should be like a Shulchan Aruch, like a set table that is ready to be eaten from. Right? Not surprising then, that Rav Yosef Cairo, when he organized all of halacha, he called it the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch. It's based on this uh, based on this idea in this Rashi. Right? These are the laws. Asher Tosim. You should display it clearly before them. You should know how to be a good Jew. However, decide that you want to know how to be a good Jew. Make that decision. It's hard work to acquire all the knowledge, but it's certainly not going to happen if you don't have an interest in it. Okay, so we try to we try to present it in a clear way. Asher tasim lifneim. Okay, and Rashi also says lifneim v'lo lifnei ovdei kochavim. Present it before a Jewish court. If there's a question of din, don't take it to a secular court. It's a very severe prohibition. There are times a person will end up in a secular court, but under all normal circumstances, a Jew has to go to Basin. There's a very strong obligation to go to Basin and not to go to our kaos, to go to a secular court. Okay, so now let's see what our Rebbe says. Ve'ela mishpatim. Vav mosif al inyan rishon. Says the Agra Dekala, the letter Vav, ve'ela, ve'ela comes to be mosif, comes to add on to that which was previously mentioned. Nirali, duhu im yomar ish, mali lizos lahamik ulatriach as nafshi bechelek ha Torah hazeh. Who drinks it? <laughs> if a person will say, What do I need all this for? Right? Our Rebbe is going to give us chizik to want to learn Parshish Mishpatim because it's very overwhelming. Let's see. Right, let's find out. Let's see if it's all the hype. First of all, why is it so pink today? Usually it's. It depends on the. Yeah, but usually it's more purple. Jake, it's usually more purple, no? They didn't have any blueberry ones. Ah. Yeah, but bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice. You guys want a sip? <laughs> Shirayim? Anyone? Shirayim? It's a recommended beverage. Okay, thank you. Tadarba. Okay, so if a person will say, we're on page Ayin Aleph, for those who are just joining us, in the left-hand column. If a person will say, Ma'li lizos lahamik latriachas nafshi b'chelek ha-Torah hazeh. It's so hard, and left, left column. 
it's so hard and it's so dense and this Torah is so complicated and Bava Kama and Bava Metzia and Bava Basra and it's so, it's so complicated. And then a person will say, well, and, and like the bottom line is, I'm not planning to become a Dayan. not going to be a rabbinical court judge. So a person says, what do I have to get so busy at damages and watchmen and too, it's just the whole thing is too complicated. So a person might say to himself, what do I need to be busy with this chilek of Torah? I'm not a judge. I'm not going to be poskating shilas. I'm not going to be resolving financial disputes between one man and his fellow man. And if I do learn this, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? If I have the knowledge, I'm scared to acquire this knowledge because if I have the knowledge, I'm going to be pressured to, to sit on the basin. Well, I don't want to sit on the basin. You know why? Because someone's not going to like me when I have to rule against them. And more than that, literally it means that the chain will be around my neck. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to have to carry the weight of the responsibility. So you know what? Ignorance is bliss. This way, if someone has a halachic shayla, in these areas, I don't have to, I won't, I won't learn the information, I won't know what's what, and I'll be spared. I won't have to be busy with the burden of responsibility to, to rule on monetary matters. Because maybe, God forbid, I will, I, will, I will misdirect the judgment, God forbid. So you know what? Here's the plan. So better, I shouldn't study this chelik of Torah at all. And I'll spare myself from all of the all of the troubles that come with it. No one will hate me, and I won't be accused of you know wrongfully assigning money to someone. You're a thief. Right? Someone bribed you. It's it's rough. It's rough to be a posik, especially when it's you know dini mamanis between two people. But ignorance is bliss. Is not a Torah value. The way of avoiding is not is not the Torah way. It's not the Torah way. This is not the Derech of Torah. This is not what Chazal had in mind when they said in Pirkei Avos, that anyone who conceals himself from judgment, from being a judge, spares himself a lot of troubles. It says that in Pirkei Avos. So that isn't that what this guy is saying? It says our Rebbe, that's not what that's not what Pirkei Avos meant. Pirkei Avos didn't mean be ignorant of Torah and then you don't have to worry about the responsibility of it. That's not what it means. So what does it mean, chosech atzvah minhadin? What was being recommended in Pirkei Avos when it says, don't get involved in din. Being a judge, being on a base din is heavy stuff. What it means is, rakbe'im lamad heitev, kol mishpatei Torah. If a person learns all of Torah well, v'afal pichim, and yet he still has the humility to say, I understand the weightiness of this responsibility. And he's not running to serve on the basin. Some people use, you know, their Torah knowledge as like a power trip. Like, I'm going to rule. I'm, gonna, I'm going to determine the law. Sometimes a person who's a judge, a person who's an authority, a position of srara, of authority, of power, of prominence, is a very dangerous thing. It's a very scary thing. The Gemara has very harsh words for what the Gemara calls a parnes. Parnes means like a religious leader, a communal leader, 
who's too harsh on the tzibur, who's too tough on the on the oilim. You have to realize if, if, if a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives you a position of authority, of distinction, use it to help people. Do it with humility. Carry yourself with humility. So learn the information and still be still hesitate to take on that position of authority. And he says in parentheses, obviously, Obviously, that's only if you're not needed. If you're needed, you have to step up. That's the whole point. But don't be so quick to say, oh, I like, you know, I like being the one to determine who's right and who's wrong. Don't be so quick. The knowledge I should acquire because it's Hashem's Torah. And I want to know everything about Hashem's way of thinking. If I have the knowledge and I still, I refrain, I hold myself back from sitting at the head, you know, if I'm not so quick to rush to take a seat at the dais, about such a person, he should be very blessed. And here's the punchline. Don't look at that volume on the shelf called Choshen Mishpat, that chilek of the Shulchan Arach, and say, this is only for Dayanim. And I'm not on the track to be a Dayan. I just want to learn things that are relevant to me. First of all, it's all going to be relevant to you because some of you are going to be in business and disputes happen. And there's lots of reasons why, as a human being who has neighbors and who has business associates and who, I don't know, buys and sells things, you need to know how the world works according to Torah. But even if you're never going to be a dayan, even if you're never going to have to paskin a halacha, afal pichin, three lines from the bottom, mechuyov l'achriach es nafsho lasok b'chol chelkei Torah. A Jew should want to learn the entirety of the Torah. That should be a goal. It takes a lifetime to do it. I'm not pressuring you to start with Choshen Mishpat. But a person should say, I want to get there one day. Why should there be a whole section of Jewish law that I'm totally ignorant of? Why should that be? That's not, a, that's not a proper attitude. This is part of the way that Hashem thinks. I should want to know how Hashem thinks. When the Stuchina Rebbe was at our shul on Sunday night, with Matul Zilber Shlita, so one of the things that he said, he said that... Book it over there. We saved it right in front of you. Your safer was waiting for you. So Matul Zilber said, sometimes people say the following, and I've seen this happen many times, and it always bothers me, and I was happy he said it out loud. Sometimes people say, when it comes to studying deeper dimensions of Torah, they'll use the following expression, Ainli Asak bin Astaros. We have no business in the, the deeper... Kabbalah, you know, Pneumia Satorah, that's, that's not for people like us. And on a certain level, it's not the starting point of one's Yiddish. One has to have a foundation. And a person has to go to the mikvah if you want to learn Kabbalah. Yeah, there's things that are expected from a person to carry oneself in a certain way. Certain basic prerequisites to have a shaykhis to that world. Okay. But Matul Zilber said, who do you think Hashem gave that chilek of Torah to? Hashem gave the whole Torah to all of Klal Yisrael. So who, he said, who is it for if it's not for you? He said, sometimes people say it with like a smile on their face, like, oh no, I don't, I don't do the Kabbalah stuff. You should say that with tears in your eyes. You should cry over that. You should cry over the fact, why, why am I like proud that I don't want to have a, a, a hand in Hashem's deepest wisdom? 
Yeah, no, it's not my thing. You can't say that casually. So the same thing here on the other end of the spectrum, the most nitty-gritty details of halacha, of choshen mishpat, a person also has to say, I'm chayev to learn this. I'm not going to be a dayan. I'm not going to sit on a basin. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. A Jew should want to study all aspects of Torah. I should want to study those sections of Torah that never happened and never will happen. And I'm not just talking about never happened to you or may never happen to you. The Rebbe is talking about things that maybe never happened at all. There's a lot of theory in Torah. Some cases never come up, turning the page. As the Gemara tells us, Sadhedrin Ayin Aleph, the Ben Sora Umora. There's an opinion that that never happened in history. The rebellious child, the, the wayward child, who has to meet a, a, a whole collection of specific offenses in order to be guilty as the Ben Sora Amor. It's hard, it's hard for that to happen. One opinion in the Gemara is, it never happened. So why, why did Hashem put it in the Torah? Why is there so much halacha that's extracted in Torah Shuvah about the Ben Sora Amor? says the Gemara, learn it. And you'll be rewarded for what? For learning it. In other words, Talmud Torah is not just read these rules so you'll know how to practically live your life. Talmud Torah is about being connected to the Ratzon, the mind of God. And that is inherently meaningful, whether you're going to practice that particular thing or not. In the Ir Hanidachas, in a Bodhisattva city that has to be entirely destroyed. Again, particular conditions have to be met for that to happen. One opinion of the Gemara is it never happened. Or many wacky cases, right, in the Gemara that never happened. But Chazal explore the theoretical in order to come to the, the truth of Hashem's will. The reason I should care is because even these Mishpatim, these, God forbid we should say this, but what someone might feel is boring details of Parshas Mishpatim. It's the Ratzon of Hashem. If this is how Hashem wants it to go, that Ruvain claims like this and Shimon responds like that, and the halacha is like this, it's not just two guys fighting over a hundred bucks. I think we're learning about next year in Wayo. Two guys fighting over a talis. These are lost objects you can keep. These ones you need to announce. All these nitty-gritty details of of, of Machloiksim, Reuben and Shimon. Reuben says like this, Shimon says like that, here's the halacha. Gotta go deep on it. Nimsa Mito, when I study Torah and understand it to the truth of its depth, of the Ratzon Hashem, Masig Ritzono when I study it and I understand the MS of it, so masig means I grasp, I grasp for the Ratzon of Hashem. I come to understand the way of God. My soul clings to the, to the source of all life, the Ein Sov Baruch Hu. He writes, Ki Hashem. To those who understand the secrets, understand that the word Ratzon, we talk about God's will, Hashem's divine, supernal will, Hashem's desire, Nikra Ein Sov, the infinite will of God. The endless depths of Hashem's Ratzon, which Hashem transmitted to us in the form of a little book called the Torah. And the, the you know, the accompanying Torah Shabbat. And then our, our Rebbe writes to us, look at this line, 
Drush in parentheses. Drush na yididi. Kol zeb b'sefer atanya. He says, "My dear friend, I want you. If you want to, you want to know what I'm talking about. If you're not, if this all sounds too abstract for you, do yourself a favor and learn Tanya. <coughs> do yourself a favor and learn the Tanya. The Sefer Tanya, Nikar B'Shem Lekute Amarim, also known as Nikute Amarim. V'yinom lenafshecha ki meod amkum achshosav, and your your soul will be will be the, you'll, you'll delight in the learning of the Tanya because he has such deep things that he wants to teach in such a clear way. Okay, so that's our advice of our Rebbe." That's what the Heilig of Hirsch Melech from Dinov. Hirsch Melech of Dinov wants us to learn Tanya. Okay. So now let's bring it full circle. Ve'eleham mishpatim asher tasim lifneyam. Dom, your safer's over there. You want to grab it? I'm totally sure where it is. It's right there. I put it by your next to your. That's it. Lo b'shemayim. Lo me'everliyam. To write, it's in your hand. Ve'fichol v'avchal asosam. Okay, so that's what it means. Ve'eleham mishpatim. However, what was last week's parsha? Last week's parsha, the second was Asar Sedibros. What's this week's parsha? Ve'ela mishpatim. All these details. Asar Sedibros. Are you interested in that? Is that Torah that's relevant to your life? Sure, of course. Believing in God, keeping Shabbos, honoring my parents, don't murder, don't commit acts of adultery. I mean, that's come on. Everyone needs that. Ve'ela mishpatim, and you also need this. You also need this. Ve'ela Mosef al Aseres Adivros. The Ve'ela Mishpat. It's a beautiful part. The Ve'ela. What's the connection? Why is it a vav? Ve'ela. This is continuing where we left off. You thought what you heard from God at Harsinai. That was like, oh, that's the real Torah. This is for like you know specialists. This is for people who have a specialty in a particular area of Torah. No, this is also Torah for you. But I'm not a judge. I'm not a dying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting on a basin. It doesn't matter. When you learn it as theoretical, as abstract as it is, you're aligning your heart and mind with the Ratzon Hashem. Ma Aseres Hadibros. Lo Sagi Delo Lamat. The Aseres Hadibros, it's not sufficient for one not to learn them. Everyone obviously would have to learn Aseres Hadibros. No one's going to say that's not relevant. Ke'in Lecha Adam Ben Choren Li Pater Milimudam. No one could exempt himself and say, oh, I'm freed from that obligation. Yeah, no, no, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't apply to my life not to be jealous of others. That's every human being. That's every person. Sarah and Dibros were given to Claudius, so, but let's be honest. How many, you know, courtrooms around the world, secular courts, have, you know, have the Ten Commandments hanging somewhere in the courthouse? That's obviously relevant to my life at all places, all times. Obviously, for sure. So too, so too, care about this Torah also. Treat it with the respect it deserves. It's also the, it's also the will of God. You think when my wife talks to me about things that are interesting to her, some of them are also interesting to me, some of them are interesting to me because they're interesting to her. Because I care about the relationship. So if, if Hashem cares about these things, I can't say, well, it's not... It's not doesn't doesn't interest me so it's not so relevant to my day to day so like I don't really want to go into that. Hashem says, "Ve'ela mishpatim." These are my mishpatim. These are my rules. These, this is my ratzon. This is this is my infinite will. So kacha mishpatim sarach liyodam ulalamdam. Learn them, understand them. Uh, even if you're never going to be a dayan laolam, you're never going to be a, a you're never going to be a official in a court. You're never going to be a judge. 
But I want to know the will of Hashem through the Torah. And that's why it says, Place them. He says, Tosim has a certain little push to it. Balkarchach means against your will. I know it's hard to learn these things. It's easy to just space out when you hear laning the Shabbos because there's like just a myriad of details, you know? So much. Every Pusik is like a whole sugya or a whole parak and shas. But, but tune in. Try to chop something. Try to understand something. Right? Remember what the Arba Avos Nezikin are, what the four main categories of Nezik. Know the names of the, the four Shomer. Right? Have a little understanding of the difference between a short Tom and a short Muad. Right? An ox that has a track record of being violent versus a, uh, an ox that's you know calm and uh, friendly. Okay, get get these things down because they're important. They're important for your life. Imamish the important for your life. All right, where should we go? There's so many pieces here. I want to get to certain things for sure. All right, let's try. All right, let's do La'am Nachri, the bottom left-hand corner of Ayin Base. It might sound a little too from for some of us, but I think we can handle it. It's Kadai to think about. And I had someone told me something about the. I mean, here, this. See these guys? Okay, so they're in the road show. That's why they. That's why they're dressed so nicely. You know, once upon a time in YU, everyone wore like a shirt and a tie, out of respect for the institution of Torah. I met someone recently who told me about the first guy who wore sneakers and jeans in YU. I was Sobolevsky's father-in-law was telling me about, he remembers the first guy who like, you know, who breached the code of conduct and had the chutzpah to, to start wearing, you know, sneakers. Chas Okay? But however, there is something, there is something, and it's true, and you do see it. You do see that the way that a person, it's not about just wearing a white shirt and black pants, but you see that when a person dresses with a certain degree of dignity, he acts with a certain degree of self-respect. There's a real thing to that. There is something about wearing a, you know, a shoe that's more casual or a sweatshirt or a, you know, a t-shirt versus wearing a button-down shirt. Right? There is something to that. So let's 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 tune in for a second and see what the Rebbe what the Rebbe has to say about clothing. And the role that clothing plays in our life. It's very interesting. He quotes a beautiful Zohar as well. Okay, La'am Lachri Lo Yimshol Lamachra Bevigdova. You see it in the bottom left hand corner on page Ayin Bez? It's Parachaf Aleph Pasachas, the eighth Pasach in our Parsha. The context is not going to be so important to us right now. Again, we just learned that everything is always important to us. The Torah is describing if a just listen to the Pesukim for a second. If a man sells his daughter, if a man sells his daughter to be an ama, an ama means a maidservant. She shouldn't go out as a, as a servant does. If there was the possibility of a marriage taking place and for whatever reason it's displeasing in his eyes, and they're calling it off. And again, there's there's so many details here that we're sparing for the moment. You should just know that if he if he bought this girl as a maidservant, and here's the part of the pasuk that we're gonna tap into. La'am nachri lo yimshol limachra 
He's not allowed to another nation. He's not allowed to resell this girl. Again, why would a man sell? Let's just take a step back. Why would a man sell his daughter as a maidservant? So, the ultimate goal for every father for his daughter is that she should she should be provided for. Right? He wants her to be provided for. So there's an arrangement here. There's an arrangement here that he's selling a Rashi says we're talking about a katana, we're talking about a girl who's under the age of twelve, and he's he's selling her with the intention that hopefully a marriage can come from this. But if she's displeasing in the eyes of her master, who should have designated her, doesn't say designated her as what? Designated her as a wife, she could have become the wife. If he doesn't want to go down that road, right? then what? Then the hefta. Then he should hefta. He should be poder. He should redeem her. What, what he can't do, says the Pasuk, and again, here are the words on the page in front of you. What he can't do is la'am nachri lo yimsho lamachra. He can't sell her in servitude to an Am Nachri. Right? He can't be disloyal to her in such a way to sell her to another person. That would be Bevigdo Va. That would be what? Bevigdo Va? Hashamnu Bagadnu? That would be what? That would be a betrayal. Bevigdo Va. That would be a betrayal to her. To sell her to someone else, if it didn't work out that this marriage didn't come about... Right? Rashi says, if he didn't take her as a wife, he can't now take this girl and sell her to someone else. That would be a begida. That would be a big betrayal. Ashamnu bagadnu. Now this word bevigdo says our Rebbe something very interesting. And we've seen him do this many times. When a word appears, you know, two times in all of Tanakh, so he makes the link for us. As the Balaturim did before him. The word bevigdo appears twice in the Torah. But it actually means two totally different things. By Yosef, it says that Aisha's Potiphar, what? Grabbed him, bibigdo. There it means she grabbed him by his garment. Here, right, bibigdo means in his betrayal. What's the relationship between garments and betrayal? That's deep. It's almost perm. Rosh Chodesh Adar. What is a person saying when they wear a costume? What are they revealing? Okay, so let's read inside. So he says, Bevigdo, this word Bevigdo, Nimsur Bimisora train. It appears in the Masoretic tradition. It appears in our Masorah. In other words, it appears in Tanakh, specifically in the Torah, twice, train, two times. And it appears betrain lishne in two different in two different expressions. In other words, it means two totally different things. It's the same letters, Bevigdo. But in one place, it's coming from a lashon of Ashamnu Bagadnu, betrayal. That's our Pasuk. By Yosef and Eshet Potiphar, Bevigdo means by his garment. Ratzalomar. Dein lashon Begida. Over here, this one is a lashon of Begida, of betrayal. V'idach, in the other example, V'tispaseyu Bevigdo, is lashon Beged, means a garment. What's the relationship between betrayals and garments? So the Rebbe says, Gavaldik. Zohar Parshas Vayeshev. Okay, Chava, let's learn a piece of Zohar. Great piece of Zohar. Beautiful piece of Zohar. Vayavo Havaisa Lasos Malachta. The context is, Yosef came to Potiphar's house, Lasos Malachta, to do his business. Chazal, Rashi, brings it two different opinions. To do his business either means to do his actual job, 
or God forbid, to do his business, he was thinking, today is going to be the day where I don't have the strength to fight off Ashish Potiphar anymore. And he was thinking about having an affair with this woman. Lasos Malachto. He came to do what she's been trying to seduce him to do for all this time. Says the Zohar. And the Zohar is awesome, by the way. You guys think the Zohar, some of you probably think the Zohar is like all these deep words and concepts that I can't even understand. A lot of the Zohar just reads like a very inspiring medrash. And you have an example right here. A person comes to his house to do his business. You know your neshama was taken from Tachas Kisei Kavod. It was placed in a house called your body. And it was sent to this world to take care of business. In other words, Torah and mitzvahs. Okay, now, the Aramaic's a little hard, so pay attention. But we'll, we'll crack the code together. Begin li'ishtadla be'oraisa. Begin means so that, in order to. In order to be mishtadlo. You know what ishtadlo means? In order to do the work of oraisa, of Torah. Ulamevad. You know what lamevad means? David kamar avid, David kamar avid. We had him kamar yesterday. Right? Asot, to do. In order, and to do the commands of the Torah, what we would call mitzvos, which is the malacha, which is the work of a barnash, of a ben adam, of a person alma in this world. Ba'ilei, a person, one needs to. A barnash needs to be takifa. Needs to be strong, like an arya, like an arya, like a lion. Bechol sitroi, on all sides. If you want to be a successful Jew in this world, you got to be strong. you got to be guarded on all sides. There's a medrash, we're probably not going to get to it. There's a medrash on the words ve'ela mishpatim that says that in last week's parasha, Yisro set up a, a system of mishpat, of judgment. Then Hashem gave us the Torah. All right, then we had the Harsin Aisin. And now we're back to the Elam Mishpatim. The Medrash says it's like a noble woman who walks down the street and she's surrounded by bodyguards on both sides. The Mishpatim, the Vishoftu the, Asa'am the, of last week's parsha, and the Ve'ela Mishpatim, which surround Kabbalah Satora, the Medrash says, right, the Kabbalah Satora is seen as like the, the noble woman, and we protect her on both sides with Mishpatim. Those are the armed guards. Rabbi has a nice little Torah about that. How we have to surround again. We also have to surround ourselves with the right, the right protection. So, if a person wants to learn Torah, and a person wants to do mitzvahs, which is his malach in this world, you need to be strong like a lion on all sides. Begin the lo yishlot aloy sitra achra, so that the sitra achra doesn't get the better of you, because the Yitzhar wants to fight. And if you're not going to be strong, if you're going to be passive, you're going to lose. My Orcha, the Yitzhahara, says the Zohar, what is the Orcha, what is the way of the Yitzhahara? Kev and Dechami, as soon as he sees, Kev and Dechami, Dechami means to see, Kev and Dechami, the lace barnash, Ka'im, Lekavle, when he sees that a barnash, that a person is not Ka'im, when a person doesn't get up, Ka'im, when he doesn't stand up, Lekavle, to confront him, when the Yitzhahara sees you're not looking to really fight, What's krav? To fight, the war, for the battle. If you don't, if you don't arouse yourself for battle, if you don't ready yourself to fight, when the Eight Sahara sees that you're passive, you know what he does? He tries to grab you. Miyad, like like Potiphar, she tried to grab Yosef. 
And she did because he was a little bit – on that day he came in and he was a little – his defenses were down a little bit. Begin the Kad Shalit Yetzahara Aleid the Barnash. In order, begin, so that, Kad Shalit, Shalit means to rule, that the Yetzahara can rule over a Barnash. You know what he does? How does the Yetzahara get you? One of the ways he gets you is that he's asking lay Vikoshit Levushoi Misalsel Besare. He prepares for you nice garments, nice levushim, and he gets you to be masalsel besare, to be busy, like it describes by Yosef Atzadik, who is described as being a little bit too concerned initially with his appearance, right? masalsel besare, twirling his hair, right? doing his hair, too concerned to wear certain types of clothing. Yitzhara gets you very obsessed with your physical appearance, focusing on your chitzonius. That's exactly what it means. When Aisha's Potiphar grabbed onto Yosef's garments, she knew that Yosef had shown a little bit of a a little bit of a improper focus on his appearance. So she grabbed him to say, "Sleep with me, lie with me." In other words, says the Zohar, "Is dabek imi Cling to me. In other words, garments means anything outside of my neshama, right? My neshama is me. My body is a garment. On top of that, I have more garments. The room that I'm in is a garment. The whole world is a garment. And all of these things are trying to what? Are trying to get us to forget the essence of who I am, which is my neshama. But says the Zohar, top of the page, man di'ihu zakah, but one who's zakah, one who's tzaddik, one who's holy and pure, is takaf lakable, he strengthens himself to confront him, the agach be kurava, and he wages battle against him. Mike Siv, what's the pasuk that in, implies that? What did Yosef do? She grabbed his garments, but Yosef said, I'm letting go of my garments. I'm not going to allow my superficial self, the superficial pleasure of whatever he was imagining with Aisha's Potiphar. I'm not going to allow that to destroy the essence of my soul. And he left his garments, he left his superficiality behind. He left his external desires behind. And he ran hachutza and he escaped. He escaped from that place. Adkan Lashono, those are the words of the Zohar. So it says our Rebbe, Hin habegida You know what you see? You see that the first step to a begida, to a rebellion, is the beged. Again, the beged could literally mean, like it says here in the Zohar, that the Yitzhahara gets a person to be too busy with his clothing and his physical looks, his appearance, his hair. Right? But it also just means your superficial desires. Whatever, whatever is external, whatever is of secondary importance, it becomes the ikr. The Yitzhahara can grab you with that. He can get you to lose focus with that. Now, our Rebbe also, you have to remember, that Nagar Dekala was a fierce fighter for old-school Jewish values, which meant a lot of things. Right? It meant a, a fight against you know any reformation within Yiddishkeit, all the way down to you know a certain lavush that a Jew should wear. Although I told you, I think the first time we learned that he had a certain, there was a whole controversy about a certain type of woman's headdress to cover her hair, which some opposed, and, uh, and Agad Dekala supported it. He felt that women... Women should look nice when they cover their hair, and like Lubavitcher's, you know, shita with shaitels. Right? Okay, fine. But be it as it may, he was very traditional. 
So he writes, Uberprat Malbushe Nachrim. When it comes to non Jewish garments, he says, when a person wears non Jewish garments. Now, again, there's a lot of cultural and societal things and halachic things to consider here. But he's, the Rebbe is saying, you got to look like a Yid. Right? Now, obviously, a Yid maybe in Meisham looks different than a Yid in, uh, I don't know, somewhere else in the world. But you should look like a Jew. It's very painful when I walk somewhere on the streets on Shabbos and you see a person, sometimes a man, sometimes a woman, and based on how they're dressed, I'm not sure if they're Jewish. That should never happen. That should never happen. Let's just use Shabbos clothing as an example. That should never happen. I don't like this new trend. Kids wearing like, you know, sneakers on Shabbos. Got very popular in certain neighborhoods. Definitely picking up. What? Not everything's on that list. But but it's but but it's got people are there's there's a you know there's a casualness. Again, look at this picture on Hua. Every follower of Salvation Sirius. Ties, jackets, you know? There's a certain there's a certain way that a Jew should carry oneself, not in the most casual way possible. There's a certain sense of self. And when a person dresses a certain way, you carry yourself a certain way, right? You learn different, you dive in different, you speak different, you think different. There's a way. There is a way. And we know from the Medrash, this is one of the things that protected us in Mitzrayim, that we kept our Jewish garments, whatever that even means in Galus Mitzrayim. But we looked, somehow, we were identifiably Jewish in our, in our, in our Lavush. Like we say in the Haggadah, it teaches us that the Jews were Mitzrayim, were distinguished there. We kept an identity. That someone should be able to look at you and say, that's a Jew. Right. Sometimes it's a haircut. Sometimes it's a payas, facial hair. Right. There's things that should be identifiably Jewish. A yarmulke on your head. And therefore the Jewish people were guarded, as I told you once, this medrash, that in Mitzrayim there was no arayos. The only woman who ended up being involved with an Egyptian was the one in that story where Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Egyptian who was beating the Jew because he had slept with his wife. That's the outlier, and the Chazal point that out to say that, by the way, the reason we're revealing this act of Arayos is to tell you that there was no other act of Arayos, there was no other sexually immoral activity that took place throughout their entire stay in Mitzrayim. That's pretty incredible. So therefore, says the Rebbe, after the parentheses, V'hinei pritzos ba'arayos bepratos nikra begida. Betrayal is often associated with pritzos and arayos. It's a betrayal. When a person dresses in a way that is immodest or improper, it's a betrayal. It's a betrayal of the holiness of yourself. Arayos, when a person is, is involved in an immoral relationship, it's a betrayal. It's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute betrayal. As the Navi Malachi says, You've betrayed the wife of your youth. Or like Rashi says, when God is born, Vatomer Leah Ba God. When Leah gave birth to God, she says Ba God. One of Rashi's pshatim is Leah said, Yaakov, you betrayed me by taking what? By taking a shifcha. Leah says, I was your I was your first wife. Leah sort of gave permission for it, but you, you betrayed me. I feel I feel betrayed. She names her son God because Ba God. Rashi says the first part is Ba God, Mazeltov. Right? Mazel, good Mazel. But then Rashi says, no, no, Bagad, Leah was also hinting to Yaakov, Bagad, you betrayed me. You took another spouse. That was a betrayal. 
So now we understand these two times in Tanakh that it says what? That it says bevigdo. Right? One bevigdo means betrayal. One bevigdo means garments. What do they have to do with each other? The answer is they have a lot to do with each other because the way that a person dresses, the way that I carry myself with pride, I wear my yarmulke, I wear my tzitzis out, I have my payas, I have a beard, I want to look like a Jew, that's, that's being faithful to Hashem. The garments, the outer expression of a person says a lot about their faithfulness to their religion, to their people, to their God. So that's why bevigdo means both of these meanings. It's a nice, it's a nice Torah. It's a very nice Torah. All right, let's turn, let's see, let's see what we have time for. Let's go to page Ayin Hay. This is a very nice little shtickle. On page Ayin Hay, Im Kesef Tal Ve'esami. Okay, one of the many mitzvos psukim in our parsha tells us in kasef talve esami it's perech of bays pasuk chaf dalid. We're on page ayin hay in the left hand column. Im kasef talve esami. Let me read you the whole pasuk. Im kasef talve esami. Now you would probably translate that if you lend money to your fellow Jew. But we know Chazal tell us that this is one of the ims of the Torah, where what? Where it's not optional. It's not if, it's when. There's a mitzvah to lend money. So even though it sounds like if you lend money, if you choose to do this, not that, it's not an if. You're supposed to. Right? Rashi says, Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Kol im ve'im Torah reshus, chutz mishlosha Every time it says im in the Torah, it means if you want to or not. This im is not optional, it's a mitzvah. Im kasef talve There's a mitzvah. When you lend money to a fellow Jew, im kasef talve when you lend money, es imach, you should lend it to what? To the poor person who's with you. Okay. Lo lo kenosha, says the Pasuk. Don't act to him like a creditor. Don't be a loan shark who demands the money back. Right? In a, in a cruel way. Lo sasimun alav neshach. And don't place upon him, you can't impose upon him interest. A Jew has a mitzvah to lend money. A Jew also has a prohibition not to lend and collect interest. Seder? So if you lend money to a fellow Jew, specifically, again, the Pasuk says, es ha'oni, es ha'oni imach, the poor person who's with you, don't be like some uh, nasty loan shark who charges interest, rather, give him generously and graciously. Okay? So says our Rabbi, what else is kasef? In Yedid Nefesh, right? In Yedid Nefesh, we say, what do we say? Kiza kama nechsoif nechsafti. Yedid Nefesh is such a beautiful tefillah song, piyot of what? Of a Jew wanting to be close to Hashem. Yedid Nefesh avarachamam. Hashem, draw me in, hold me close. Right? So we say in Yedid Nefesh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ki kama nechsoif nechsafti. I have such a yearning. Nechsoif nechsafti means a yearning, a burning desire to be close to you. Kesef and Zahav sometimes represent Ahava and Yira. So Kesef is like desire, is longing, is craving closeness. So in Kesef, Talva Esami, listen to our Rebbe's Vart, such a sweet Vart, Im kasef, I'll tell it to you outside for just one second, and then we'll see it inside. 
im kasef, if you have a longing for Hashem, if you love Torah and you love Hashem and you love mitzvahs and you love being a Jew, and your friend or your roommate or your cousin or your neighbor is not so into it, im kasef, if you've got the kasef, if you've got the good feelings, tal ve'esame. Share it with someone else. Let's read it inside. Yesh lafarish berimzeh We can explain the hints of the Torah here. Im kasef, im yesh lecha tshuka va'avas baracha belibcha. If you've got the feeling of love for Hashem, your Creator in your heart. Kasef milashon nechsof nechsafti. If you've got that longing in your heart. Talve esami. Share it, spread it, teach it to someone else. And don't say that you're not good enough. Like the Baba Trevi say, if you know Aleph, teach Aleph. If you know Bez, teach Bez. Whatever you know, share it, teach it. It says in Pirkei, let's pause for one second. It says in Pirkei Avos, Im lamad ta Torah harbe, al tachzik tova la'atzmecha ki l'kach no tzarta. Listen again. Pasha Pshat. Im lamad ta Torah harbe, if you learn a lot of Torah, al tachzik tova la'atzmecha. Don't pat yourself on the back and say, I'm such a good guy. Al tachzik tova. Don't give yourself so much credit for I'm so, I, I did such a good thing. Ki l'kach no tzarta. Because that's what you were created to do. You did your job. That's the Musr of the, that line in Pirkei Avos. But many tzaddikim read it differently. In Lamad the Torah Harbe, if you learn a lot of Torah, well, why would you learn a lot of Torah? I mean, if you don't like it, you'll do the bare minimum. Right? We learned last semester, you know, the bare minimum for learning Torah day and night is what? The Shema in the morning, Shema at night. But don't tell that, says the Gemara, to an Amar, it's because we'll misuse it. In Lamad the Torah Harbe, if you learn a lot of Torah, because you love Torah, Al tachzik tova latzmecha. Don't keep the good stuff for yourself. Share it with other people. Ki lakach no because that's what you were created to do. You were created to spread Torah. You're not. It's, you're not just interested in yourself. I want to have a big portion in the world to come, and everyone else can whatever. Adam laamal yulad. The pasuk says in Eov, man was created laamal to work. So what's the pshat? The Gemara says, what type of work? Right? Should I work with Torah? Should I work in the world? The Gemara says, you should work with Torah. You should work with your mouth. You should work. works it out as if we weren't sure what it means. But the Kajnitzer Magid, if I remember correctly, says, Adam la'amal yulad. You know what la'amal stands for? That's your mission statement. Adam la'amal yulad. Man was created la'amal. You know what la'amal stands for? Lilmod al minas lilamid. Learn in order to teach. If you just collect Torah for yourself and you don't share it with anyone, you're not doing your job. The Rambam even defines the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Look in the Rambam in the Sefer HaMitzvah. When he says the mitzvah of learning Torah, it's Lomod Ulamid. That's the mitzvah. If you just learn and learn and learn and learn, and you don't want to take the time to share it with someone who's not as smart as you or not as knowledgeable as you or is not as connected as you, that's terrible. Im kesef, if you love Hashem, talveh sami, spread it, share it. Connect someone else. Talveh. Talveh means to lend, but also means, why was Levi called Levi? Why, was Levi, why did Leah name Levi Levi? She says, oh, now that I have three sons, chazaka, so now my husband will be connected to me. Talveh means to connect. Connect it to someone else. If, you, if you've got the good feeling in, in Yiddishkeit, spread it. Talveh sami. Says our Rebbe, fourth line, Connect that feeling to the rest of Klal Yisrael. Teach them the ways of Hashem. 
Velo Tomar, and don't say, Halo Yesh Gedolim Mimani, there's people who are greater than me, Asher Katnam Ova Mimasnai, that the smallest part of them, right, is, is bigger than, than the biggest part of me. I'm just a small person. Leze Amar, therefore, says the Pasuk, says the Pasuk, if you've got the Kesef, lend it to someone else, connect someone else, Es Ha'oni Imach, to the poor person who's with you. What type of poor are we talking about? A person who's spiritually poor. The bottom line is this guy is with you. He's your roommate. He's your friend. He's your cousin. He's your whatever. He's your chavrusa. So he's with you. And he's poor in this Indian. And you can lend him. You don't have to be the big... If someone, if someone says, right? If someone says to you, you know, can I borrow $5? You're like, I'm not a gavir. There's much bigger people than me. Right? I thought you'd have maybe five bucks. Right? I know that I know there's someone who I'm not asking for five million dollars, I'm asking for five dollars. Right? So he's saying the same thing here. This guy's this guy compared to you as an ani. And he's available to you. So teach him. You know, your brain knows something that his brain doesn't. Your heart knows something that his heart doesn't. So share it. And lo tiel kenosha, says the Pasuk. And don't be like a creditor. Don't be like an oppressive creditor who's trying to make a, a deal here. But Salomar. And if you'll say, well, I'll wait for him to come to me. I'm not in the outreach business. If he's interested, he knows I'm a from guy. He'll ask me, you know, if he wants to talk God talk, he wants to have a conversation about Amuna, Bitachon, he wants to talk about why I keep Shabbos, so let him ask me. I don't have to go sell it to him. If you'll say, I'll wait for my friend to request it of me, what I should go chase after him. Why should I trouble myself with all this? Why should I, why should I, he's the one who's got the problem. I'm a from guy. Let him be busy chasing after me. Now again, the Pashup Shah means don't be towards him like a creditor. But what else does the word nash mean? It's interesting. In the Zohar, we said that a bar nash is a ben adam. It's interesting. Based on what we're about to say. Like anashim. Or nashim. Or lo sisnashem inach meseches megillah lo sisnashem inan. Lo ba'alma adem lo ba'alma da'asim. Like you're saying a hadram. Or like menashe. Why was menashe called menashe? Yosef said, because I've forgotten my troubles. Nash means to forget. Lo lo kenosha. Don't be like one who what? Who forgets. Milashon Nashani Elokim. When Yosef named his son Menasha. So what does that mean? Don't be like one who forgets him. Yeah, don't be like one who forgets him. Make it your achrayas to go to him. If he's interested, he'll come to me. I got, I've got stuff to do. If he's interested, he'll come to me. How could you overlook this guy? How could you pretend he doesn't exist? How can you pretend that that Hashem, one of Hashem's children is not Shomer Shabbos and you're just not my problem. If he's interested, it'll come to me. Don't be like one who forgets him. Don't pretend he doesn't exist in the world. It's like the Piyazatz Nerebi, the Heilige Eish Kodesh. The Heilige Eish Kodesh. The Piyazatz Nerebi writes at the beginning of Choves HaTalmidim. It's, it's so kharif. It's so he says, there's so many Jews 
part of what he said, I'm writing this book because there's so many people, there's so many uninspired people. And he says, and he, he calls out, he says, Rasha Yeshiva, poke your head outside the Dalit Amos of your base Medrash. He said, you only see, you know, the top guys in your Shir and the, in your base Medrash and your Yeshiva. He says, there's countless, so he's talking, he's talking about, you know, pre-war Europe, there's countless of Jewish children who are totally disconnected from everything. And some people, he says, they think everything's fine because they're living in their own little bubble. He says, poke your head out of the walls of your base Medrash to see what's going on in the street. You'll see it's not so posh out there. There's a lot of people who are, have Jewish neshamas that are what? That are, that are totally lost. So you're going to pretend, I, I forgot that they're out there. Lo lo kenosha. Don't pretend you don't see them. Lo sasimun alav neshech. In the last four words of the Pasuk, and don't place upon him interest. Don't charge him interest. Ratzalomar. Lo tomar kvar nesiyaish ze migodol neshichas hameses. Don't place upon him neshech. A neshicha means a bite. Don't say he's already been grabbed. He's already in the clutches of the Yitzhahara. You know what this guy did last weekend? Trust me, this guy's not interested. This guy is this guy. I'm, I'm going to go to him and start telling him about Yiddishkeit. He, he, he already has been bitten by the, the poison of the Nachash HaKadmoni. Right? He's been bitten by the great seducer. The Yitzhar has got him in his clutches. There's no way I'm going to save this hostage. This soul is lost. This soul is taken into captivity. This soul is gone. Right? He's already worn down from his Averos. There's no way I'll bring him back. Don't say that. Do what you can. You'll be successful. Hashem will be by your side. And you'll find that you actually have success. But you have to care to want to go after a Jew. And in Kesef, if you love part of the mitzvah of Ahavta Sashem Alokecha, the Medrash says, loving God is Ahaveyu al Habrios. Bring other people to love God. Be like Hillel. Be like Aaron Akoin. If you love someone, how could you allow them to live a life of sin? How could you not want them to taste the sweetness of Torah? How could you not want them to feel what you feel? When you have a good Shabbos, how can you not want someone to have that opportunity? So teach it. So chase after them. Ah, it's beneath my dignity. It's not beneath your dignity. Go, go be, go be a makar of that person to a beautiful life of, of Torah and mitzvahs. All right, we'll do one final piece. Let's go to the last page, page Ayin Ches, the last piece in the parsha. It's that's enough to suffer. Okay, let's do it. Vayavo Moshe, page Ayin Ches, last piece in the parsha. Vayavo Moshe v'yisaper la'am es kol devi Hashem ve'is kol ha'mishpat. Perach of Dalit, Pazud Gimel. Hey, lots and lots of sukkim, lots of mitzvos, lots of sugyas. And then, finally at the end, just listen to the sukkim for a minute. El Moshe Amar Alei El Hashem Atov Aaron Nadav Aviu V'Shuvim Mizikne Yisrael V'Shtachavisa Mirachok. Hashem says to Moshe, go up, you and Aaron, Nadav Aviu, 70 Zakenim, 
and hishtachavisa merachok and bow down from a distance. When Igash Moshe levado al Hashem, Moshe alone then came close to Hashem. Veheim lo Igashu, they shouldn't come close, right? In other words, there's again different places on the mountain. Vaam lo yalu imo, and the people shouldn't come up. Pasuk Gimel, veyavo Moshe, so Moshe came. Veyasapar laam is called the Hashem. He told to Bnei Yisrael the words of Hashem. Veis kolam mishpatim, and all of the laws. So Chaver, so what pashup shot? What's called Divrei Hashem, and what's Kol Mishpatim? So Rashi says Kol Divrei Hashem is Mitzvos Prisha VeHagbala. You don't have it on the page in front of you. I'm just reading Rashi. Rashi says first he told them Divrei Hashem that Hashem said there's certain places you're allowed to go on the mountain, certain places you're not allowed to go on the mountain. Right? You have to separate from your wives. Prisha, Hagbala, Hagbel Esahar, Hagbal Esahar. Stand at a distance at the mountain. And then he told them, as Kola Mishpatim, Rashi says an uh, interesting comment. Rashi says, Sheva mitzvos shenitztavu b'nei Noach. He told them the seven mitzvos b'nei Noach. <laughs> he told them Shabbos, Kibar Aveim, Parah Aduma, and the necessity of civil justice, Vidinan, as was taught to them before they even got to Harsinai. Based on the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Okay, but in Hasidus and Pnimis, what, what, what exactly was Moshe relaying to them? And if Moshe is giving them mitzvos, why is it by Yisaper? Saper like it's a sipur. So let's look inside. Vayavo Moshe v'yasaper la'am is called every Hashem v'yis kol ha'mishpatim. Ayin b'rashi, look in Rashi, we just did. Shayakoda matan Torah, that this scene actually took place prior to matan Torah. When Moshe was going back and forth between Hashem and B'nai Yisrael. V'sipur lahem mitzvos b'nai noach v'chom ha'shin itztavu b'mara. And what was Moshe telling them prior to Kabbalah Satori's reviewing what they knew already from earlier generations, namely the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach, plus those couple of mitzvahs that the Jews got on their way to Sinai in Mara. But the Ramban rejects this. And the Holy Bird Ditchever says, and I don't get it either, What type of sipor is this? Sipor mashma v'lot Was it a story and not a command? Why is it by Yisaper? If Moshe is giving them mitzvot, it's not a sipor, it's a tivoy, it's a command. V'od and furthermore, what should bother us is the double expression. Mahu akefel, what exactly is implied by this double meaning? Eis kol divrei Hashem, ve'eis kol mishpatim. What's the difference between the divrei Hashem and the mishpatim? Again, Rashi says the divrei Hashem refers to the rules of Har Sinai. The mishpatim is a, a selection of mitzvot that they had received earlier. But says our Rebbe, I'll tell you a different shot. V'yira li dihinei ha-filisofim ha-zarim b'nafsham. He says the, the dreaded philosophers. The philosophers who are strangers to their own soul. Dibru v'chikru eich efshar sh'al yidei mitzvos gashmiyim yiyeh ha-tzlacha achrona nitzchiyas l'nefesh haruchanias. The philosophers get stuck on a question. That for a year it shouldn't be a question at all. How could it be that I do a physical act of mitzvah and somehow it molds my eternal spiritual existence? What's the connection between this ram's horn that I'm blowing or this lulav, this palm branch that I'm shaking or this black box that I'm wearing and my eternal soul? How did, where, what's Mahakesher? mitzvah How could it be that I do a sudden 
physical act, which is here in the moment and, and, and go on a moment later, right? and, and, and from this philosophical inquiry, so these philosophers come to reject mitzvahs. They become, they become what? They're, they're hefker. They make it hefker. They throw the whole thing out. And therefore they work to explain every mitzvah that a person does, something practical that it, it molds your life in this world. Which it does, also. But they don't understand, they get stuck on the question, how can this possibly be impactful to a, a spiritual existence that somehow transcends this world? But the kfira that comes from it is that what they conclude is, well, but if I could come to that understanding without performing this action, so then I'm exempt from doing this action. Hashem wants to teach you certain, God, if there is a God, gave you certain rules, and the rules are to help fashion your worldview, but if I can come to that worldview without performing those particular actions, then fine, peseder. Once I get the lesson, I don't have to do the action anymore. I've acquired the, the lesson. I've, got, I've acquired the, the muskal. All right? I've got the idea, and now I don't have to do the physical act anymore. Yeah. Right, so there are certain things that, that are more abstract as a, as a mitzvah. Right? But of all the Maisa mitzvos, right? in other words, in response to the Maisa mitzvos, people said, again, why did God, why did God I don't know, command to eat kosher? Right? It's a healthy eating lifestyle, but if I can figure out how to be a healthy person in my yechila without following the strict rules of milk and meat, so that's, then, I've, then I've achieved the goal and I'm not bound by those rules anymore. That is not the action that gets you. If there is some type of eternal reward, it's by acquiring that deep inner knowledge. It's not based on performing a particular act. So again, if I can get to the knowledge through a different you know, pathway without performing that action, so then fine, then I'm still then I still get my olam haba. Because my soul, my mind. Right? My inner my inner understanding of reality is in the right place. And in this way, they threw off the yoke, and they were mefir chuke Torah, and they uh, they reformed the Torah. Right? They they changed the rules of the Torah. Tipach rucham v'nishmasam, and our Rebbe says their their souls should rot for destroying Torah. People who have such a worldview are destroyers of Torah. And he says, even though it says in Mishle, we shouldn't even bother responding to a fool. Don't even respond to a fool in accordance with his folly. Don't, don't bother even answering him. And the Torah has responded time and time again. It's almost a silly argument because Hashem says, I'm commanding you this mitzvah to do. I want you to be doers. V'zachartem is kol mitzvah Hashem. Understand them. V'asisem osam. Daika. Specifically, do it. There's many such psukim. Im kol zeh prat echad ava'er lecha. But I want to respond just one little bit. Again, this is an argument that in our mind, if you just read the Torah, God is telling you, do, do, do. 
The main thing is to be someone who does. But I have to respond a little bit, says Rabbi. I want to just give one little response and show you how it's hinted to in our Pasuk. I want to respond with one explanation from Hagon Bal Gurarye Besefer Hatiferis. I want to respond with a comment from the Gurarye, better known as the Maharal of Prague, in his Sefer Tiferis Yisrael, where the Maharal speaks a lot about the very essence of Torah. So I want to tell you one thing the Maharal said a couple hundred years ago. And he ridiculed this way of thinking. The mitzvah itself, you have to understand when a Jew does a mitzvah, he's not just holding a lulav in his hand. He's not just wearing a black box in his arm. The mitzvahs themselves contain within them the Ratzon Hashem, going, bringing us full circle. Why do I have to care about all these details if they don't apply to my life? Why should I learn Choshen Mishpat? Right. Because it's Ratzon Hashem. It's infused with the Ratzon Hashem. Ki Ratzah Hashem Yisbarach Shiyasu Yisrael Mitzvah Zos Vizos. Because Hashem wants you. Hashem says, I know it's hard to understand how this works. It seems kind of weird. But when you separate milk and meat, something holy happens. You can't see it, but I can see it. When you don't wear linen and wool, something holy happens. When you shake a palm branch and a citron, something holy happens. You're attaching yourself to the will of Hashem. When you do a mitzvah, you're clinging, not to the palm branch in your hand. That's just the tool by which one comes to cling to the ruts on Hashem. Hamitsuva, the one who is commanded, clings to the mitzvah. He comes to attachment to the mitzvah because he realizes that it comes from the mitzvah, it comes from the commander. When I learn Torah, I'm not reading a book. I'm attaching myself to Hashem. It's always about the mitzvah. It's about the one who commanded it. It's about the relationship. Baruch Hashem no sein ha-Torah. I don't talk about the giving of the Torah, I talk about the giver of the Torah. There's no greater nitzchias, there's no greater, greater all-encompassing experience than what? Than attaching my soul to its creator, to the Ratzon Hashem. And therefore, don't get stuck on the, the outer trappings of the mitzvah. That's the beged. That's the begida. That's the that's the part that's that's almost inauthentic. I told you this once before. There's something true about that feeling when a, when a person feels. Does God really care about this? Doesn't God have bigger things to worry about than a than a dairy spoon and a meat pot? So part of that feeling is correct. If you think it's just about a dairy spoon and a meat pot, then you're missing the point. If you think it's just about linen and wool in a in a in a suit jacket, you're missing the point. So part of that feeling, is this what this is really what God cares about? A little bit, you're right. No, it's not really just about this. But Hashem gave you this as a point of connection to be able to attach yourself to Him. So therefore, don't focus so much on the gashmias of the mitzvah. Focus on the fact that the mitzvah is infused with the will of the Creator of the universe. And if you want to read more about this, He says, look at my Sefer, Ma'ayan Ganim, where I wrote a lot of responses, He says, to philosophers. And with this, you understand our Pasuk, Moshe comes back. 
Moshe says, before I get into the nitty-gritty details, I want you to know that what? That there's something called Kol Divrei Hashem, and then there's something called Kol HaMishpatim. And those two things have to go together. If you want to be connected to the Dvar Hashem, you got to keep the Mishpatim. But there's so many little details. Does God really care? The answer is, He doesn't really care about this on its own, but He cares about this as a means of connecting you to that. There's Kol Divrei Hashem, and there's Kol HaMishpatim. Ratzalomar, Shesipar La'am, as Kol Divrei Hashem, Asher Heim Besoch Kol Mitzvah. Moshe revealed to them what? I want to show you the Dvar Hashem within the Mitzvah. I want you to see God in the Mitzvah. I want you to experience the infinite, the infinite uh, wisdom of God in the Mitzvah. So you show, when you show faithfulness to the Mishpat, to the details of Halacha, when you actually do them, you're able to experience the eternity of the soul. Moshe Rabbeinu said, your lulav, your esrog, after Sukkot is going to shrivel up. The sound of the shofar that you hear lasts a couple of seconds. You're right. The gashmias of it is short-lived. But if you understand that contained within it is the Dvar Hashem, which is eternal, you can hold on to that forever. So within the gashmias, Moshe revealed to them the Dvar Hashem within the mitzvah. And that's why Moshe was besapper to them. He told it over to them. He wasn't just commanding them. He was explaining to them how to experience the nitzchis of the Dvar Hashem within the Mishpatim. The Havain Ha'inyan. And understand this idea very well. Kasher Kaya. No, Anigan. No, Bechava. Where you want? I